Welcome to the What About series where we will talk about therapy topics in a highly condensed and easily digested way. Our goal is to help the average person understand some of the more complex or misunderstood aspects of the mental health world. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right, everybody, like you heard in the intro, this is a new mini-series that we're going to do, and it's not going to be in video form as of now. It will still be on YouTube if you like to listen on YouTube, but video form will come you know, maybe in the future. Maybe at some point, but for now, you just get to hear our beautiful voices yeah, and as of now, our faces. Austin and I just get to look at each other and stare each other right in the face <laughs> and sit with our, really as comfortable as we want without... For not worrying about how we look to a camera. It's this great. It's honestly great. You yeah. could be in our PJs right now and you wouldn't know. Yeah, you would have no idea. <laughs> Are we? Anyways, um, but today... Anyway. The, the anyway. first... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> talked about that last time. Um, today we're going to be talking about, as for our first What About series, we're talking about generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah. So we're going to go over some of the... The symptoms, diagnosis, treatments, and that's kind of how the rest of our What About series are going to go. So we'll kind of get an idea of what to expect from these bonus episodes. Yeah, it's going to be the same outline for everyone. And we are planning on releasing one every week. And so it'll be probably every Thursday as of now. It could change, but... We're still messing with it. Yeah, and you'll see our cover photo. The color will change just for the series. And so you can differentiate that. It's not um, our original series from Tuesdays. It'll be its own series every Thursday. And we're going to try and keep the episodes a bit shorter as well. So we're just going to give it a shot. See how it goes. Hopefully it turns out well. Hopefully you guys like it. Yep. So today is, like Austin said, Generalized Anxiety Disorder or GAD. And because I think anxiety, just in the regular world it's it's really broad you know if someone says i have anxiety you say okay what kind of anxiety mm-hmm. and they're like i don't i don't know it's thrown around a lot that yeah. word like i have anxiety they have anxiety that makes that gives me anxiety like it's a word that's widely used but not fully understood i don't think yeah and so unless you have a like have been professionally diagnosed then most of the time you're not going to know which anxiety it is and mm-hmm. so we hope to kind of make it a bit more clear with generalized anxiety disorder. And this is one of the most common, if not the most common, anxiety disorder um, that a lot of people deal with. So Very common, actually. Yeah. I myself is, I've actually been diagnosed with GAD. So GAD. Yeah. Personal subject today. I'm a victim of GAD. <laughs> I'm entitled are. to compensation. And I think, <laughs> I think we all are. I mean, yeah. as far as, you know, you not, may not be diagnosed with it but we'll we'll all show symptoms from time to time at some point in your life you're gonna have some type of gad going on yeah some some type of gad happening in your life and it may be extreme or it may not so everyone's different yeah so first what makes a so we're gonna first start with a summary okay of kind of generalized anxiety disorder so what makes a person with gad worry more than the average person So research shows that individuals with generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD, are more sensitive and vigilant towards possible threats than people who are not anxious. And these are all studies that have been done, and we will link them down below in the show notes or the description. I don't know if they're called show notes on YouTube or not. 
I think it's just down uh, in the description. description. They say description on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So show notes for podcast, description for YouTube. Yeah. But you guys get what we're saying. Yeah, but the I guess the best way to describe that in more layman's terms, the way that I respond the way that I, I guess understand it is that mm-hmm. the, like your stress response is always turned on when you're experiencing GAD. And like a really good visual is that your brain always thinks that there's a lion around the corner waiting to kill you. Like mm-hmm. there's always a threat present. Like one of the ways to know that someone has like GAD or like if it's, it, it's kind of like an anecdotal thing. But what I've noticed is people with GAD is they scare really easily. Like they're mm-hmm. really jumpy because their brain is just always ready to, it's always in fight or flight mode. It's always ready yeah. to go. It's right, always ready to, to fight back. It feels like it's constantly in danger. And so, yeah, think of it that way. The GAD is your brain thinking there's always some type of threat that it's about to kill you. Yeah. And like it said in the, that's a really good way to say it. They're more sensitive and vigilant towards possible threats. Mm -hmm. Like they are always kind of tiptoeing around each corner to see just in case Mm -hmm. if there's a lion or if there's a Zuko ready to attack. (laughs) Wild, wild Zuko. (laughs) Yeah. But in these other studies, the, they've suggested people with generalized anxiety disorder worry as a way to avoid feeling distressed. And so they'd rather worry than feel like they are, you know, getting attacked by a lion mm-hmm. or getting attacked by something or being involved in a threat. You it's know? like stressing about stress almost. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way I've always looked at it is that you start to worry about things. Um, so you don't have to stress about them, but you're stressing about stressing about them. So yeah. it's the weird negative the feedback loop, loop that yep. is a lot of anxiety disorders. We'll talk about a lot, talk about loops and feedback loops a lot, probably. Yeah. With anxiety, but that's kind of what it is: is that you um, you worry to avoid stress, which in and of itself causes stress. Yeah, and there's the study that was done by Borkovich and Hu, H H U, Hu or Hugh, <laughs> Hu Hu, in 1990. And they found that those who worried when confronted with a stressful situation had less physiological arousal than those who didn't worry. Maybe because the worry distracted them in some way. So, really interesting. Interesting, interesting thought. Think about that for a little while because I'm not sure how I would apply that to myself. But maybe you feel like that for yourself, whoever's listening. Do you feel yeah. like that you have less arousal because when it comes to stimulus... Or something, because you the worry that you had about it distracted you. Very interesting thought. Yeah, 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 very interesting. And again, just remember, as we're talking, we're not professionals yet. Yeah, not we're at all. still learning, <laughs> and so we may have, and even when we're professionals, it's okay to have an aha moment, like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, or I just had that something to think about. Yeah, exactly. These are just things that we can all think about here. And so what I have here is really interesting is that the people or the problem with generalized anxiety disorder is all this what ifing, like what if there is a line? What if, like right now with Ukraine and Russia, what if Russia does get involved with the US or, you know, there's nuclear bombs start flying around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What if? So all the what ifing doesn't get the person any closer to a solution or an answer, and in fact might take them away from the important things that they should be paying attention to in the moment, such as finishing an important project. Many of the catastrophic outcomes, listen to this, this is really interesting. So many of the catastrophic outcomes uh, people with generalized anxiety disorder worry about are very unlikely to happen. 
So I think even right now, I mean, it's my personal opinion, but I think our involvement with Ukraine and Russia isn't going to turn into anything. Nothing significant. Uh, nothing significant. Not. I mean, yeah. maybe in a year I would go back to this and we'll be... There'll be documentaries and yeah, movies about it, but about, it'll be kind of over. Or we could be uh, Russian slaves. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so these catastrophic things that people with generalizing anxiety disorder worry about are very unlikely to happen. So when the catastrophic event doesn't materialize, the act of worrying gets reinforced, hmm. which I think is really, really interesting. And just you can see how that is just really a negative feedback loop yeah. that you get stuck in. You start to just convince yourself of the things that you're worrying about. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, and it perpetuates it, reinforces these ideas, yep. which then makes the general anxiety disorder worse because then you start to recognize, oh, I, like these problems are real. Like I have to worry yep. about them. I have to worry about them more. Yeah. So just, it's like the volume on a amplifier just continues to get louder. And it's like putting two amplifiers in front of each other with microphones. They just feed into each other. Yep. The more you worry, the more you're going to realize you need to worry. And it just heightens and heightens and heightens until something bad happens or you step in and try to make it better, which we'll talk yes. about later. Yeah, exactly. And so you can see how, yeah, anxiety in general is just getting caught in that negative feedback loop, getting caught in that current mm -hmm. and it can be really hard to get out. But we're going to talk about some things you can do. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into some symptoms. So if you think, oh, I don't know if I have generalized anxiety disorder, then here are some symptoms for you. So things that we'll just... Uh, list off here. So excessive worrying, which is just more than your average person. Because worrying itself isn't bad, but it's good. Yeah. yeah you need to do it. Keeps sometimes. you safe. Yeah. I mean, anxiety keeps you safe to some degree or another. It's when it gets excessive, when it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the case with almost anything. Yeah. It's in the life. Moderation type of thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it, and also it's unreasonable most of the time that these worrying kind of like how we just talked about how the worrying is persistent, it's excessive, but it's also very unreasonable. Like that Vladimir Putin's going to send a nuclear missile straight to my house and kill everyone that I love. Kind of unreasonable, you know? Yeah. It's, it's thoughts like that where um, I can't go make this public, I don't know, this public speak, speaking tour. I, I can't go talk in front of all these people because... Um, I'm going to pass out in front of them or I'm going to, they're just all going to hate me and I'm going to lose my job and I'm not, I'm going to lose my house because I lost my job. And it's all these unreasonable things that just aren't very helpful. And then some of the other things that you can look out for people who have this, um, usually report feeling very restless, very irritable, have chronic fatigue, difficulty concentrating. So that brain fog, difficulty sleeping and muscle tension because of the constantly, gripping your hand like for me i'd always grip my hands like into mm. a fist or like I always have my shoulders up in like a almost like a defense mode type yeah. of thing and so that can lead to a lot of muscle tension and muscle for me it's muscle aches because how how often Ooh, i'm doing sorry. it Ooh. little mic gotta hit my mic there so yeah, those are some of the symptoms though yeah and if you think oh if you say to yourself oh my gosh i've experienced all of those like, every single day <laughs> it's okay you're normal you're human. I've experienced every single one of those. The 
thing here, we'll just go right to the diagnosis, is they need to be excessive for the, over the course of six months. So more days out of not over the course of six months, if that makes sense. And so how many how many days are in six months? Like 182, kind of. Yeah, right there. Something like that. So if you experience these symptoms for 100 days, then you'd be diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And what's interesting too about GAD is that it's very comorbid, which means it comes along with a lot of other like mood disorders and anxiety disorders. And so you can have GAD, GAD, and also have social anxiety disorder mm-hmm. or just a bunch of different other things as well. Yeah, bipolar, schizophrenia, all types of different things. Yeah. It's very, um, all the mental health problems, they all just, they're all kind of the same, but manifest in different ways. And they come together in little packs a lot of the time. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of the time, most of the, a lot of the time, most of the time, you don't have GAD, GAD, just uh, by itself. There's it's, always something else. There's something else going to be there, yeah. Especially another anxiety disorder. That's usually the most common from my understanding is that you're going to have, like Enoch said, social anxiety or panic disorder. You're going to have something else that comes with it the vast majority of the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's jump right into some risk factors. Oof. So these are things that increase your chance to be like diagnosed or... To develop it, yeah. To develop the symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder yeah the first one that um that we found was substance use and so alcohol and drugs they've been they're proven and known to make anxiety disorders worse of course but there is a lot of evidence that shows they can also cause them as well and so it's like a weird loop with that is they make them worse and they also cause them so by using them you make it worse but it was probably caused by your use of them and one thing that I thought, found that was really interesting that even caffeine dependency can put you at higher risk for developing mm. GAD because of the, I mean, it creates those symptoms of like higher heart rate, restlessness, right. sleep. And so yeah. you're getting the same symptoms of, as GAD from when you use a lot of caffeine. And so, um, therefore your body's going to start to combine those symptoms with the actual disorder and you're going to start to develop the GAD disorder if you use caffeine too much, which I found myself doing for a while there. And so, yeah, caffeine, a very interesting risk factor for those people who may be more at risk of developing GAD. Yeah. Wow, it's really interesting. Yeah. I knew that. I just forgot. Yeah, very interesting yeah, stuff. And caffeine. it's the most widely used substance in the United States and around the world. So interesting. you yeah. wonder why so many people have, why GAD is so prevalent, why so many people have it. Yes. And it's probably because of, obviously, alcohol and drugs, they're going to cause it, but not everyone drinks alcohol, not everyone uses drugs, but most people drink caffeine so say at least everyone i mean you know i'll throw it out there everyone has caffeine at least once in their lifetime yeah not (laughs) everyone's gonna drink alcohol once in their lifetime but everyone will participate because even it's in it's in chocolate caffeine's in chocolate like so so it's hard to say that you haven't had caffeine so obviously that's not eating chocolate isn't going to give you an anxiety disorder but drinking a lot of coffee and energy drinks might do that right and the next risk fact risk factor is family history. Your If people in your family have generalized anxiety disorder or if you have a history of it, not necessarily if your immediate family does, but if like your grandparents do, there's still a risk and a chance that a higher risk that you can develop generalized anxiety disorder. And it's not a huge amount, 
but it still is a risk factor. I think it's like something like 10 or 20% higher than your yeah. average person. I don't know if you... I couldn't exactly find this, but there wasn't, on that. from the website I was pulling it from, I don't, there wasn't anything specific, but you are at higher risk and it really only have, it really only puts you at higher risk if it's your parents. Okay. And like, okay. it doesn't really, I can't remember what they called it. It was like first level relatives. And so like your parents and okay. um, also if like a brother or a sister has it, you're more likely to develop right. it as well. And that's more of like a, from your parents, it could be genetics, like the way your brain structure is formed, you could just be more at risk, but if it's more of like a cultural or like a model thing yeah model thing mm -hmm. like you just you they're anxious all the time and so you're anxious all the time that's yeah. kind of how that works but it also there is genetic components where like your brain is structured in a certain way where your amygdala and limbic systems are just more active which are the where the stress response and anxiety like comes from quote unquote mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. and so if those brain structures are a little bit more active or bigger or more hyperactive whatever you want to call it that's the kind of family history aspect but also like you said modeling plays a big a big part in developing that disorder from your parents or from like a family member, like your brother or sister. Mm -hmm. So it's like really close family members. Not like I have a cousin who has anxiety disorders. So that means I'm more at risk. It doesn't really work that way. It's really the modeling and the direct genetics from your parents. Cool. There we go. So then you go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say it's kind of the same thing with, um, cause the one of the, one of the last risk factors that I found was that women are more likely to develop GAD. So your gender mm -hmm. plays a huge point part in this. And that is a social thing. That's a, I mean, that's that we've talked about the biopsychosocial model before. It's all, it's all three of those things. It's a, it's the way women's, women's brains are wired, I guess. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. And there's a whole cultural aspect behind it as well. And then there's the, um, the biological aspects of it on top of that with the higher, higher levels of empathy and things like that yeah. cause you to worry more. And so that's why women are, more likely to develop GAD um, in that way. Yeah. And so when you think about really anything that you struggle with, even if it's, I'd say like every mental issue that we struggle with, every emotional struggle is always affected by at least three things. And that's the biopsychosocial model, which is your biology, how you're born, you know, your, your genes, everything. Then you have your, the psychological, your, brain your temperament temperament your personality yeah the individual characteristics mindset, that you have, yeah. yeah and then the the social aspect you know what you experience on a day-to-day -day basis in your life like with school or at work or with your family mm -hmm. all three of those things affect every issue that you deal with and so when people say that they have anxiety or they have depression, they always say it's just a chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. When studies are showing that that's not true. It's a piece, but not like, all of it. Yeah, it's a yeah. piece. And with like depression and with GAD, I mean... Excuse you, Zuko. Excuse you. <laughs> Zuko, our little uh, mascot here. Just had a little <laughs> cough. He's got COVID. Anyway. Poor guy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so these three things will always play a role no matter what and you know maybe the biological aspect your genes chemicals can play a bigger role than others but that's just that's not the only issue mm -hmm. there are other things in your life that you can start to look at maybe see where you maybe develop some of these symptoms and the one thing that i would want to add to that as well is that it is a loop the best way to visualize um i guess maybe a triangle how about that that 
each model of that bio, each portion of that biopsychosocial model, they play into each other. That yeah. you could have a chemical imbalance because your relationships around you are not good. Yeah, you could have yeah. bad relationships because you have a chemical imbalance, and then you could have a chemical imbalance because um, of a personality problem. And so they all they all feed into each other, and it's um, it's never one portion's fault. It's never one yeah. thing. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of modern day therapists are taking this approach of treating the entire, it's like wellness versus uh, just treating symptoms. Like you treat the yeah. overall, you, instead of treating the symptoms, you treat the disease. Yep. Treat the cause. You treat the cause and yeah. that's how doctors do it for the most part, hopefully. Um, that's a lot of doctors go about treating long-term diseases. They don't just, like if you had cancer and you're, I don't know, you're, let's say you have like osteoporosis and you just hurt all the time. The doctor's not just going to give you morphine. Hopefully they don't. Or like Tylenol, they're going to give you chemo to treat the underlying cause. And when it comes to treating generalized anxiety disorder, that's kind of what needs to happen. And so um, you don't just need medicine to help treat the feelings of worry and stress. You also need to work on your relationships. You need to work on your personality traits and your your mindset and things like that. And I guess that kind of takes us into the, the treatment aspect yep. of GAD. That there's everyone's so different. Everyone is going to need different treatment options they're going to need mm -hmm. different therapists to help them they're going to need so many different things to help them overcome this disorder because it's it can be debilitating to us at a certain point and so everyone is unique everyone is special and so don't feel like there's one miracle pill or miracle book or miracle treatment method because everyone is so unique yeah and we'll direct you to episode i believe 19 about I think it's how the best anxiety medication does not come in in pill form. Yeah, yeah. That was featured Austin back when he was featured and not a co-host. Yeah, it was the last episode as a, just a feature. Yeah. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> but go back and listen to that episode. There's a lot of different treatment plans and kind of tools that you can use. And you know, like Austin was saying, there's we're all different. And even though... It's called generalized anxiety disorder. The treatment plan usually isn't generalized. It's you very unique. Yeah, it's very unique to you. And so we advise you, if you have these symptoms for, you know, more days than not over the course of six months, then go seek professional help. and See a therapist. Yeah, see a therapist. There's no problem with that. And that's, I mean, a lot of the times necessary in your journey to, to heal. And... So don't worry about that stigma. Get it out of here. Yeah. And you work on you. Mm -hmm. Like You go get the help that you need. And so we just point you in that direction. You can go to betterhelp.com. This isn't sponsored by betterhelp.com. It's just a great service for just those great, who don't have access to yep, it. It's really great. And they have a bunch of like teletherapy options over the phone, over Zoom. Texting even. Texting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A bunch of different options. Yeah. And I guess one last note that I would add is that... um. A lot of people can like, you just go on WebMD or like some type of article and like read these symptoms and say, oh yeah, I can diagnose myself. I don't need to see a therapist, but going to a therapist or a psychologist or just any professional, they're going to be able to figure out if it is GAD or if it is another one of those personality or other disorders or even something a little bit more serious, like a bipolar disorder or something else. Cause it's really difficult to diagnose these things on your own. So that's why therapists and professionals are so important to help you sift through some mm -hmm. of the things that are really hard mm -hmm. to understand as just like an average person. And so that's why we do encourage you to seek professional help because it can be really hard and really 
like foggy to do it on your own. It, it can be really confusing. So yeah, just seek out help. It doesn't have to be long-term. It doesn't have to be a big deal. And don't worry about the stigma because you're, like Enix said, you're working on you. So if you, you're if worth you, it, you are worth it. So if you feel like you have these symptoms and they've been happening for a long time and it's starting to affect your life, um, just seek help because there's great treatment options. And as soon as you reach out, like we said, we're going to, you're going to be able to find that unique treatment plan for you. There you go. So thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new and taking us out as per usual, the one and only great Good week. What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? Yeah. What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? Yeah. What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?